Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I'm your host, Chris Pinto. With me, as always, the Belly Up Fantasy crew, Dan, Tom, Zach, and Houston. Gentlemen, how y'all doing tonight? Doing good. It's Friday night, man. Doing well, Chris. How you doing? Man, I can't complain. Uh, everything down here in Texas is going really well. Uh, we're opening up, you know businesses all around so that's going really well local businesses are opening up finally um getting to go out a little bit to parks and stuff like that so i can't complain my daughter's having fun she's only 16 months old so she's running around like crazy that's good man that's really good because up here in jersey everything's still pretty much locked down i mean there's some things opening up a little bit but not not really a whole hell of a lot i mean hopefully things start open up a little bit more but i'm also I'm a little skeptical of it. I mean, we haven't really talked about this too much, even on the show, but I'm I'm a little skeptical of everything about putting back up again. I'm nervous that we're gonna wind up having to do this cycle all over again because you know I'm in the stores and there's plenty of people with their masks on their chin or no gloves, and it's just like I feel like it's a time bomb waiting to happen, but hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully we can move past this and just be a little bit stronger next time. Uh, well, guys, uh, we've got a great, exciting show for everyone tonight. Uh, we just finished our consensus top ten rankings. Uh, and tonight we're going to talk about some guys that didn't make those lists that we all think might have some value and make a splash this season in the fantasy world. Um, but first, before we get into that, everyone at home who's viewing us, thank you all for supporting us. Uh, if you all like our stream, go check out what is going on with the rest of the Belly Up Sports Talk lineup. Uh, we've got Last Minute of Play, Corner Booth Podcast, The Hard Court Honeys, Around for the Weekend, a world without sports, and then our own Zach Mack and Puck Puck Pass. Y'all need to go check that out. Uh, use the hashtag bust and see what y'all are missing out on. Uh, guys, let's jump into our hidden gems, if you would. Uh, I'll kick us off with the quarterback position uh, and a guy that I'm going to call and dub not only the cheat code, but a trash panda for this year. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, old quarterback from the Buffalo Bills. Um he was the Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson, just not as good. Uh, okay. He's in a good <laughs> he's in a good spot this season with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, head coach Anthony Lynn has said that he's in the driver's seat. He's going to take the team and kind of run with it. Let Justin Herbert kind of just learn from him, have a clipboard in his hand, hopefully for the entire season. Uh, a couple good things going on for Tyrod in Los Angeles are one. 
Anthony Lynn was his offensive coordinator at Buffalo in 2016 uh, when he had a pretty decent season and brought him over to the Chargers in hopes that he would be not a bridge quarterback, but the kind of guy that would lead the team for about one or two years and then hand the reins over to Justin Herbert. Uh, Another thing that really helps him out is Marquise Pouncey, the center, just got cleared to resume all of his, I guess, workouts and team uh, activities. Uh, He just had that neck surgery, so that was kind of scary. And then another thing is he's got better weapons in Los Angeles than he did at Buffalo. Uh, So I think Tyrod Taylor, I mean, I picked him up. Tom, like in round 20 of our War Room League, uh, I think he might be a top 15 guy, even a little bit higher. Uh, I've got really high expectations for him. Uh, I'll get off my soapbox on Ty God, though. And, Dan, let's go talk about the Tennessee Titans' former Aggie wide receiver, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, he was my guy for really more because of the way that I draft, the way that I usually tell people how to draft, which is I'm waiting on quarterback. I'm waiting until those double-digit rounds. If I'm not getting – I shoot quarterback and tight end the, exactly the same way. If I'm not going to get one of the top two, then I'd rather be the last one to take it at that position. So Ryan Tannehill is my guy more of the sense of he's my cutoff point. When he's up, when he's the next highest guy up on that board, 13, 14, 15th round, that area, then I'm going to pull the trigger and go ahead for him because he's somebody who still has – Top 12 potential because based off what he did last season, he fits this offense really well, obviously. Well, we all got to see that. But also, he's a guy at the very least is going to have a high floor. So I can stream based on having a guy that has a high floor from a week-to-week basis. Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to provide that for you. You're usually looking for at least 17, 18 points out of your quarterback. If you don't have an upper tier one, that's what he can do, being that he has a little bit more rushing ability, has A.J. Brown, has those guys going to be able to get him some weapons and in the end zone especially. So that's kind of why I have Ryan Tannehill being my guy for that. I love it. Uh, He just signed that pretty good deal in Tennessee. They kind of have confidence in him. Like you say, he's got all those weapons, so we'll see. He was not in my top 10, but I like where your head's at. Uh, Houston, let's talk about the guy down at the ATL Hotlanta, Matt Ryan. Yeah, so if you uh, were able to catch our top 10 consensus quarterbacks, um, I talked about the landscape, the NFC South, this being a very high-scoring uh, division this uh, upcoming in 2020. Um, and Matt Ryan, he's kind of the guy left behind. Uh, obviously, he's better than Bridgewater, but between Brady and um, Breeze, where does he fit in? Uh, so a little bit of ADP data here. Matt Ryan's about the QB9 off the board um, in the ninth round in 10-man leagues, seventh round in 12, 12-man leagues. He didn't He didn't even go in our top 10 consensus. I had him in my top, cons- top 10 consensus, but just how it goes um, – Julio's still in town. He's not going anywhere. Uh, a lot of people are high on a Calvin Ridley breakout season. He's been pretty good. I don't know how much of a breakout that he can actually have, but uh, another big season for him. Uh, they lost Austin Hooper, but I think they brought they brought in a good replacement with Hayden Hurst. If you are uh, going playerprofile.com and you put uh, Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurst in their speed scores, their spark scores right next to each other, there's no really big difference between the two. They play pretty similar in my eyes. Brought in Todd Gurley. I think they lacked a true running back in that backfield. Devontae Freeman was all right, but he was a lot of, got injured quite a bit. When you got to rely on Edo Smith, Brian Hill, those guys, just not a good thing. They have a running identity now. One thing I find uh, interesting about Matt Ryan is that uh, they he's kind of had up and down touchdown years. 
in 2014 is kind of when he started hitting his consistent play as a quarterback. And I have a couple numbers here, 2014, 28, 2015, 21, 2016, 38, 2017, 20, 2018, 35, and 2019, 26. The reason why I say that is every year, it seems like the or the even years, he's having a pretty good touchdown season. In 2018, he had 35, and then 2019, he only had 26. I mean, this isn't a great way to look at it, but we are in an even year in 2020. I think he could uh, have 30-plus touchdowns again. Well, Houston, I like that one a lot, too, because even with that even odd pattern there, the one thing that's been consistent is he's finished at a top-12 quarterback, I'm pretty sure, every single year since 2014. So you're getting a guy that you know you're going to get QB1 stats out of more times than not who has that ceiling that could possibly be in the top three. So I do love Matt Ryan there as a my guy, especially with him going as QB9 right now. For sure. One guy that I'm surprised you didn't touch on, the uh, Atlanta Falcons didn't take an offensive wide receiver in the draft, and Russell Gage has got to be due to have a pretty good year this season. So I think Matt Ryan is in a good spot. Zach, let's break down Matt Stafford down in Detroit. That even year, odd year, saber metric is the, the best thing I've heard all day. I just want to say that. Uh, Matt Stafford, um, obviously a little bit of home bias here. Uh, lit up the Okay, so the thing with Stafford is, obviously we talked about this when we talked about Galladay, is that we're kind of hinging on him being healthy, and he's had injury problems in his career. But last year was just lighting up the league in the eight games that he played. Uh, I think he was on pace to – Maybe finish. I'm not well. Pat Mahomes didn't play all games either, so it was like second or third quarterback. If he would have been like stay almost on. five thousand yards, he was on pace for his yeah, yeah. So it was going to be a career year, and I don't, you know, he's medically cleared now. They say he's at a hundred percent. I think he's due for a big year. I think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, honestly. And with the new OC that Detroit has, I think you're going to see Stafford throw the ball down the field more. It's just. The reason, I mean, I had him at seven in my top 10. And I, the reason that he didn't crack our consensus top 10 is because of his injury issues, I think. So if he can stay healthy, I, I don't see Stafford declining yet. I don't think so either. I mean, he they added offensive weapons with DeAndre Swift and Quintez Cephas, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, I mean, Kenny Galladay is an animal. He, he'll catch anything, and Matt Stafford is pretty much his go-to guy. Uh, I really like Matt Stafford at that value position. Tom, what's your analysis down in New Orleans? You know, I think Drew Brees, uh, I'm a little bit surprised that I don't think any of us had him in our top 10. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I was a little surprised by that. Um, I mean, right now he's getting drafted high 10th round, you know, and honestly at that point I think that it's worth it. As long as he's healthy, you know, last year was one of the, the few recent years that he's really missed any significant time. Um, but, you know, he was still putting up good numbers when, he, when he's in, uh, you know, on the field. You have a lot of weapons down there. You have Alvin Kamara, one of the best running backs. You have Michael Thomas, one of the best uh, wide receivers. Um, he's got a decent uh, tight end as well. Uh, you know, beyond that, it does start to get a little shaky at receiver, but you have not Emmanuel Sanders. He does have Sanders, but it's – how great is Sanders anymore? Um, it's definitely not bad, but it's it's not looking, you know, if you're, if you're going to compare the 40-plus-year-olds with Tom Brady, who was in our top 10, he definitely doesn't have quite the weapons that he does. Um, but, I mean, he's 20-plus points a game uh, for the last five years. You know, he's putting up 4,000 yards plus, um, or nears makes no difference pretty much every year that he's healthy. So I think that 
stats wise, if if he drops to that tenth round, I don't think it's worth you know passing by it. Tom knew he could uh, make me be quiet by just saying that Tom Brady had better weapons because he knows I like Mike Evans. I do I know, know you like Mike Evans because I already know you're going to say SEC. It means more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just means more. But, no, I, mean, I think the overall point, though, is that look at all of our my guys, Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Stafford, Breeze, all these guys here. And none of them, like we said, were in our top 10. But yet you can make an argument for any one of these guys to be in the top 10. It just kind of goes to the larger point of the quarterback position as a whole. You don't need to go high. I Look, I have no problem you want to take Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, third, fourth round, because they are in a tier by themselves. But after that, three through, I want to say 15, I don't know if there's much of a difference between upside and floor. Uh, and I think that this kind of illustrates that. So, Dan, I have to ask, what you're saying is that you shouldn't take Lamar Jackson 101 and Patrick Mahomes 102 in a redraft league? Uh, well, I mean, probably not. There's going to be some home leagues where that happens, but that would not be my advice. <laughs> so you would say it's a better decision to take Dwayne Haskins and my guy Tyrod Taylor in like the 15th and 16th round versus Lamar or Patrick Mahomes in the first round? Yeah. I, Tyrod, I don't know about the Dwayne Haskins deal, but uh, yeah, Tyrod, sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to running backs. Obviously, I'm going to be a homer right now and talk about my guy, David Johnson, DJ. He's in a great spot with the Houston Texans. He didn't make our top 10, obviously. Uh, I've been hounding on this guy since I got with Belly Up, uh, and I heard about the trade. Uh, he's better than any running back the Texans have ever had, excluding Arian Foster, who is a poet, not all, not only on the field, but in real life. Uh, he's going to be the Texan workhorse back. He can catch. He can block. Uh, he's going to be the focal point essentially right now. We can't really keep a wide receiver healthy, so we'll see what David Johnson can do with that full work full workload. I know he's a little old. He's a little bit banged up, but from the football aspect, I don't think he played 110% with the Cardinals last season. I think he's going to show out. He's got a chip on his shoulder and I think he's going to do really well. Um, I know y'all have something to say about that. More David Johnson. I need more David Johnson in my life. <laughs> that's, that's my impression of Chris, by the way, I don't need David Johnson in my life at, at all. I mean, I will say this, as far as the Texans go, we talked before about their receiver situation. You have a lot of them that are decent, but nobody can stay healthy. So you might get to a point in this season where they have to start just pounding the ball and you know, he's their best option at running back. So if that's the case, if you can get him, you know, for a decent value, it could could turn out well for you. I, my my guy alternate would be Duke Johnson. I'm just gonna point that out real quick. Rather have the backup. <laughs> what up, buddy Howell? <laughs> I think uh I mean, I'm I'm still hesitant on David Johnson. I really am, but uh, as a talent standpoint, I don't. I guess I would probably consider David Johnson more talented than Carlos Hyde. And we just saw Carlos Hyde have a thousand yard season. I think the offensive landscapes really changed. But I can understand Chris's point for David Johnson. He just didn't, hasn't shown enough to me in the last two years to be fully healthy and handle the workload. But I know the Texans have a share for him because lack of wide receivers that can stay healthy and then just uh he'll probably try to be the workhorse back for the texans we'll just have to see though we'll give him up until week 10 i believe uh zach let's talk about your guy though 
Austin Eckler. Yeah, so this is probably of my guys, my hotter take. Um, I had Eckler at six, I think, on our list. Um, mm-hmm. And I, so old news, Melvin Gordon's out. Um, new news, they draft Josh Kelly. He's a bigger back. Um, Anthony Lynn seems, I mean, he's saying that they're going to share the workload in the backfield. I think with the way the Chargers are going, you've got Tyrod Taylor, quarterback, who you talked about earlier, Chris. I see a lot of work going through Austin Eckler, and I just I think he's he's bound for a breakout year, and I it's really just a vibe. It's I just think I know that they're going to share touches, or at least that's what they're saying. But I think Eckler could make a huge impact for the Chargers, especially if they're going to compete. Now, if the Chargers are going to not even be close, I don't think Eckler has. I think. I guess the point of what I'm trying to say is the Chargers go as Eckler goes in my mind. And so if the Chargers are going to be a good team, I think it's going to be on the shoulders of Austin Eckler. I totally... uh, sorry, Chris, because I've been going through my projections and I, I've just started on the Chargers. Um, but through there, it, it makes a lot of sense to me that the Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly combined would be about 15 to 16 carries a game. So when you factor that in, that means Austin Eckler should be getting about 10 to 12. He's also looking at five to seven targets. So he's in a situation where he should be averaging somewhere between 17, 19 touches a game through receiving, through rushing as a combination, which would give you what you're kind of looking for out of a featured back. You're looking for 18 to 20 touches. I mean, that's what you're looking for. So yeah, Austin Eckler, the volume should be there. There, The only hesitancy would be the fact that Tyrod Taylor doesn't have a history of dumping it off to the running back, but because they paid Austin Eckler the way that they did, because of the way this offense sets up, I think there's going to be more of a focal point on using Eckler as an offensive playmaker, as an offensive weapon. So there's going to be more of an emphasis for Tyrod Taylor to dump it off or maybe even having lining him up on the line of scrimmage as a wide receiver more often as well. So I don't think it's going to be as big of a factor. Uh, I don't think he's going to have you know over 100 targets like he did last year, but I think overall he's going to have a consistent workload. And I don't disagree with you. That offense might go as Eckler goes. Way to get the silence, guys. Yeah, sorry. No, next yeah. up. <laughs> Everybody's face just went, uh, uh, who's next? I thought Zach was about to say something. <laughs> I thought Chris said something. I just like, uh, sorry, I guess I should have said this earlier, but now that we have a little time. I like how Austin Eckler is really carving out his own role instead of just falling into like a role that we saw similar to Danny Woodhead as a pass catcher out of the backfield. I just like, yeah, exactly. I mean, Eckler can (laughs) run between the tackles as as well as he can catch the ball in the backfield. With this, uh, Rivers was known for little dump offs because that's all his arm could allow him. I think he has one of the most shot arms in the league. But uh, yeah, Eckler can do it all. He's not just a Danny Woodhead, Darren Sproles type. So I do like that out of him. It seems like this is just more of like a one of those like we'll wait and see kind of things. But I just want to be the one to like if we do wait and see and it turns out, I'm gonna be here saying I told you so. Like that's all. That's well, we all saw last year how I mean I was I'm I'm a Melvin Gordon fan. I had him two seasons ago and I was like, God, this guy is amazing. Uh, then he held out last season and I was like, just pay the guy, let him come back. And Anthony Lynn, being the running back that he was, running back coach now, head coach said, you know what, we're going to trust the process. This guy right here, he can do just what we need him to do. He's going to fit the mold. And he has a really good narrative of being like the underdog Austin Eckler, right? Uh, they didn't pay Melvin Gordon the big bucks that he wanted, and they 
let him just come back to the team with his tail tucked between his legs, essentially. Uh, and Austin Eckler was what, like number three for a while. I think he finished uh, number third overall in full point PPR. I mean, yeah, I mean, good. yeah. So yeah. Anthony Lynn's not going to bend over backwards for anybody. I don't believe. Uh, he likes Austin Eckler, and I think he thinks he's scrappy. I mean, he probably sees a little bit of himself in him just because of being an undersized running back. Uh, so I, I really like that take, Zach. As as was my two cents on it. Moving forward, though, let's go talk about Jacksonville, right? <laughs> and the, like one of the highest volume guys in the league that could get traded. Uh, Tom, let's talk about Leonard Fournette. LSU, SEC just means more. God, I knew it was coming. I, I picked him and I said, he's going to say it. He's going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to have a new button on Chris. It's like ready, just like ready to go. Yeah. That's what we need. I'm telling you, we need to do prop me's. Yeah. <laughs> Over under, how many times he prefers the SEC? Four and a half. <laughs> 1,000 times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as Fournette, though, you know, you nailed it, Chris. He's a high volume guy. I mean, I think he's pretty much guaranteed about 1,000 rushing yards, you know, down in Jacksonville. Um, obviously, that's great and all. But one of the big things in last year uh, with Gardner Minshew, Minshew has no problem with checking the ball down when he needs to, and that's really increased Fournette's, uh, you know, receivings, I think. So he got about 500 yards last year, uh, 76 receptions on about 100 targets. So he's definitely started to show that side of his game, which in PPR, you know, we – uh, is going to definitely help you out on a running back perspective rather than just being that 1,000-yard rusher. Um, I mean, one additional thing you talked about, he might get traded. That's definitely possible, but regardless, he's in a contract year, so you got to think he's going to be playing hard because he wants to earn his money next year, whether it's with Jacksonville or with, the, you know, with somebody else. Well, Tom, what do you think about this? Because I, I literally just did this on my show earlier today. With Chris Thompson going to the – going to the Jaguars with Jay Gruden, the relationship that they have had, especially with Chris Thompson being healthy. Do you think Chris Thompson's going to wind up cutting into quite a bit of that work? Cause that that's been my belief. And that's my one fear with Leonard Fournette. I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, but I think that you have to look at the fact that Fournette's already shown that he can be that lead rusher and you can't, I, I can't see Chris Thompson cutting in enough to really knock him that far down. As far as receiving uh, work. Uh, what's up? As far as receiving work goes. Correct. I mean, as far as being out there on, on third down, being out there for receiving work, I think Fournette's the guy. Okay. No, I mean, like I said, it's an interesting take. Chris Thompson's not healthy consistently enough, so by the time the season's over, that very well could be the case. I don't yeah. I don't discredit that in any kind of way. Uh, you know, I have on, on probably a, a 60-40 split, 60% in Chris Thompson's favor as far as the receiving goes when he's healthy and on the field. But that was still set up Leonard Fournette to be able to get about 50 targets this season, even if it was for a full 16-game season. And that's fine. We were talking about a guy because here's the big thing about Fournette, and this is to your point why he should be a my guy, why I had him in my personal top 10. He's going to convert on his touchdowns at at least the average rate, which means he should be getting at least nine touchdowns this season if he's able to get the carries that we all expect him to get. So that goes to your point. That's why I do think he's going to be he's going to wind up being a top 10. I think he's going to be an RB1 at the end of, uh, the, end of the day. There you go. Minshew Mania down there. You can't doubt it. The mustache will find a way. The real Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, the real Tiger King. Gardner Minshew. I think we lost Chris. He has a very uh, paused face going on there. So 
kind of looking off to the corner, wondering what he should do next. We'll see if we get him back anytime soon or not. But uh, next, oh, actually, I'm next up apparently. So <laughs> Todd Gurley, that's my guy. So along, we kind of touched on a little bit earlier when uh, Houston was talking about Matt Ryan, right? Because you're talking about Todd Gurley and the fact that he's definitely an upgrade over Devontae Freeman. And what really, to me, what he provides for them is not just a guy who can be a featured back because he's going to be that. They signed him to a one-year, $8 million deal. So if he was to get injured, doesn't really matter. They have nothing They have nothing that they need to be able to provide him with. He can. They can run him into the ground, and they could just flat out not care about it later on after that. So that's the one thing I really like about that. He's coming on in a situation where he really wanted to get fed the football. He did start getting about 20, 23 carries a game towards the end of last year. That Rams offensive line was really bad, though, and he just wasn't able to get over that 100-yard threshold. This is a guy with a chip on his shoulder in a situation where he's going to get all the work. He is phenomenal in the red zone at all times. And the biggest biggest gripe I had all season long last year with the Rams was the lack that they were using him in the receiving game for an unthinkable reason. Because there was no, it wasn't like, and it wasn't just Todd Gurley. They weren't using the running backs in the passing game in a Sean McVay offense, which made no sense. People seem to forget how good he is in that aspect of the game as well. So I have Todd Gurley finishing as an RB1. I feel like I'm on an island with that, and that's perfectly fine. I will shoot down everybody from that island coming into this season. Yeah, I, I, I really like McVay, I, but I've kind of had some questions about him regarding Todd Gurley. And maybe you can answer this. Do you think uh, maybe McVay got a little too uh, ahead of himself, got to the Super Bowl? It was on Todd Gurley's back. Their success came on the back of Todd Gurley. And then this knee injury came up. I know his knees aren't the greatest, arthritis and other issues there. But for McVay not to use him enough in 2019 really hurt him and the team. There's a reason why they weren't very successful. I think McVay's offense really relies on the running back. They shipped Gurley. They drafted Cam Akers. But – I still think Gurley has the potential to be an RB1, so I really like this. what you're saying here, Dan. Yeah, Houston, to, to your point, it, yes. McVay got ahead of himself with the kid gloves that needed to be put on Gurley. They didn't need to be put on yet. They still don't need to be put on yet. He got ahead of himself on that. He thought for sure that if he didn't use Gurley until the second half of the season, one, the Rams would actually be in playoff contention, which they were not. But two, he'd be able to go through the playoff run at a – more fresh to rate until he found out, hey, guess what? I can't win unless Todd Gurley's doing his Todd Gurley things. And that was that was what wound up being the real problem. Uh, so, yeah, no, I totally agree with that point. I think that was proven with the usage when it got you know, ticked way up to those 20, 23 carries a game for the last five games of the season. Where they started having a better offense. I mean, well, yeah, and they started doing and, and going around that. Um, I'll give this back to Chris, the host, maybe, possibly. Possibly. I just want to add something about Todd Gurley. I love the guy. Um, the only thing that was said today, I guess, on Twitter was he hasn't done his physical. I think he's going to pass. I think he's going to be great. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons wouldn't bring him home to have all this hype on him, not to know that he was in playing. Him and everybody else. Um, he's going to be a re- Right, yeah. I mean, there's a couple guys, but yeah, Rob Gronkowski did his, but he's a WWE 24-7 champion. That's totally different. <laughs> I don't think like any of the Giants for agents that they've uh, brought in have done any physicals no. yet. A lot of the no. fans are they're like, hey, let's not sign these guys anymore. It wasn't <laughs> worth the money. <laughs> Damn, you didn't kill I'm totally on. <laughs> I'm totally on board with the Todd Gurley being an RB one thing this year. 
he's going back home to his home state of Georgia. He's gonna he's gonna rock out. Um, Houston, though, you had a late switch. Um, Tom's Philadelphia Eagle, Miles Sanders. Tell yeah, us what's so got on him. I thought uh, Tom was gonna take this, so I figured I'd let it uh, have him ha- have it. I guess being an Eagles fan, he understands the running back by committee under Doug Peterson. I understand it too, and uh, Tom will probably have a rebuttal for this, of course. Uh, Sanders is going off as the RB13 right now. The 302 in 10-man leagues, 2.10 and 12. And I like that Zach brought up Austin Eckler, talked about him, because that's when you're in drafts, you're kind of thinking Eckler or Sanders. They're right there. I mean, yeah, it's a decision that needs to be made. Um, one thing I think we need to really value in running backs, yeah, they are running backs, but the receiving game in the P- – PPR leagues is what's really important. Austin Eckler finishes the running back three overall last year in full point PPR leagues, and he did it with his passing work. I mean, CMC did on the ground and in the air, but passing work is going to propel you in these half point, full point PPR leagues. Between weeks nine and six, nine through sixteen, he ranked eighth overall running back in fantasy, uh, six in the league in the league with three point two five yards after contact per rush attempt Eagles they didn't really have much of a offense last year they struggled um Wentz had Wentz was healthy for the most part just didn't have any uh threats around him most were injured I like the Jalen Rager I like that they brought him in uh maybe Tom will disagree here but I think it's a Wentz kind of he needs to prove it this year I'm not sure what his current contract structure is he probably is still under contract but I think that he needs to prove it. He's got the weapons around him. He's going to have a big year. Um, so, yeah, Sanders is going to be a big uh, part of that. Yeah, I mean, Tom, obviously Eagles fan here, but I'll put it this way. I have kind of two sides to that coin, right? Side number one, I hate taking Eagles players anytime in fantasy, number one, because you never take your That's own loathing team, fan. whether you're betting or fantasy or anything. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Um, I mean, the, the other big thing is they do spread the ball a lot. They always have for the last five, six, seven years. It's been a while since they've had a big target aside from Zach Ertz. Um, I will say that last year Sanders did show that he has the ability. And at the end of the season, like you were saying, the only other weapons they had were Greg Ward, which was a college quarterback that came from their practice squad. Uh, they had Boston Scott, another practice squad guy that's like five six at running back. He's tiny, he's great, but you know there wasn't much competition for putting the ball in somebody's hands. Even Ertz was was banged up at the end of the season there, 
Um, and you know, the only other person uh, beyond that was Goddard. Right? Yeah. So I have a quick rebuttal back for here to you now. Do you think Boston Scott is actually pretty good, or d- because the opportunity was there for him, he shined in the opportunity? Because I think that he's raw, but he has the ability. I think that um, he's not he's not a lead running back for a team. He's not going to be able to take that you know that lead role and, and have you lean on him. But he can come in in third down situations. He can catch the ball very well out of the backfield. He's hard to tackle. He's he's small, but he's a sturdy guy that. Um, you know that tackle window is pretty, uh, pretty short on him, so it's tough to bring him down. Well, here's what I would add to that. I mean, we have the rumors about them possibly wanting to bring in Carlos Hyde. I think it's all but certain that they're going to bring somebody in. I mean, you have Lamar Miller, Devontae Freeman, Carlos Hyde, all free agents. I see one of those guys going there. So that would be my only concern, really, for for Miles Sanders because once one of those guys comes in, then you know you know it's going to be a committee, right? without a doubt. Honestly, I think that, you know, going into last year, they talked about Deuce Staley, the uh, offensive, I forget what his title is now. They've screwed around and they didn't make him an offensive coordinator. But Future head but, coach, that's all. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, I mean, he was big on Miles Sanders going into the draft. They picked him. He loved it. And then going into the year, you know, we had Jordan Howard last year and really didn't utilize him very much because they liked Miles Sanders so much. Uh, and then obviously Howard had some – ghost injury that I, I still don't fully know what it was. I think I just didn't like him. But, um, you know, regardless, I think that the, the coaching staff likes Sanders enough that even if they bring somebody in, Sanders will still be the lead guy. It could definitely cut into his production. Uh, one problem with bringing somebody in, though, is cap space. They've talked about the fact that the Eagles have about 20, 25 million in cap space, but they'd probably like to carry a lot of that over as they're already about 50 million over the cap going into next year. And that's if the cap doesn't get cut. I don't know. If, I know that's something we haven't really talked about on here, but uh, you know, with COVID nineteen, we're looking at possibly thirty to eighty million dollars in caps uh, or cap space being lost next season. So they're going to be okay because Peters will be off the books. Jeffrey's not going to be back. Deshaun's not going to be back. There's a lot of bigger contracts are going to be gone by then. So I think they want to break it out even. It's it's going to be tight though, and carrying over that twenty five million, especially if if it drops down, could help them. So. I yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that they wouldn't bring somebody in, but I think that it's going to be interesting to see which one is kind of willing to come in on a, a deal. One option might be Sean McCoy taking a kind of hometown discount. He's already pushing to come back. He's not going to have God, a big no. impact if he came back, though. I hope he comes yeah. back. That's only going to help Miles Sanders. Well, true. Yeah, we're using, I would, yeah. If it's, I'll give you this, Houston. If it's LaShawn yeah. McCoy, then I'm no longer worried about Sanders being in a committee. I will give you that. Uh, so I know we kind of keep going on with Miles Sanders here, but uh, I kind of want to ask you, so Devontae Freeman, would that hurt or help his value? It would It would hurt. It would hurt. Because um, he, he, Devontae Freeman would be somebody they could give 150 carries to. Okay. He is, he is somebody that would help him on first and second down, and he would have a very similar skill set. So that that would if it's if it's Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, or Devontae Freeman, it would hurt. If it's anybody outside of that, maybe, maybe not. Okay. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, let's go talk about one of my trash pandas, though, for wide receiver and Darius Slayton. Uh, the guy is third on the roster for wide receivers. Uh, I I think he's going to be a wide receiver, too, coming into the year. Danny Dimes really liked him going forward at the end of last season. Uh, he At the beginning of the season, he had like 30 catches or 30 targets. 
Uh, going towards the last half of the season, though, he almost doubled that. Um, and he had some breakout games against some bad defenses. But that's what you do against bad defenses when you're a good player. Uh, Darius Slayton's got the build. I think he's Danny Dimes' friend and maybe his number two guy to look at outside of Saquon and um, Sterling Shepard, probably. Golden Tate's in there, too, but uh, you know, whatever about him. Uh, I really like Darius Slayton. What do you all think about him? I mean, I love Slayton. Um, the only issue I would have, though, is that with Jason Garrett kind of taking over being the offense coordinator, I don't think they're going to play a lot of three receiver sets uh, as much. I think we're going to see him go back to what he did when he was the offensive coordinator of some sort. It's going to be feature Saquon. That's number one, obviously. But I don't think it's going to be a lot of spread it out. I think it's going to be you're going to see a I want to see a, you're going to see a John Gruden West Coast S type of system, which means. Slayton being the third receiver, you're going to see Shepard, you're going to see Golden Tate out there on the field more times than not. I was a big fan of Slayton. I was a big fan of him last year. I told everybody to watch out for him then. He's the, he's the only receiver that really has the big playability there for them. So that that part I completely agree with. It's just going to be a matter of do we see Jason Garrett adopt a new style of NFL or do we see him kind of go back? And I don't I don't trust him to adopt a new style of NFL. So that's that's where I kind of have my hesitation there. That's totally fair. The red clapper strikes again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, though, before you, before, uh, before you guys move on, I do want to talk to you guys about a new sponsor for Belly Up Fantasy. Uh, Prop Me going to be big, or not just Belly Up Fantasy-wise, but for Belly Up Sports in general. Uh, they're a new innovative gaming platform. They're really the first of its kind. Prop Me, they make betting from person to person more easy than ever, so it's designed for new and experienced gamblers alike using straightforward prop bets that literally can be created on anything. You want to bet on what that next play is going to be while you're watching the game? You can make a prop bet with your friends on that. You want to bet on who's going to actually win that round of beer pong with your friends? You can make a prop bet on that. So just make sure that you can go ahead and check them out. You can download the Prop Me app or you can go to PropMeLLC.com. Go ahead, Chris. I love it. Uh, We played on it. For the last dance, I came in last every single time. Uh, doesn't really matter. It's just really fun, and you can just do it instantly. It's really cool. We are thinking about doing it on the golf course the other day. Uh, I love it. I think it's going to be growing with us, and it's going to be fun. But, Houston, let's talk about one of your guys, though. You've been hot on this guy for a long time, A-Rob. Let's talk about him. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know this yet, I am a Bears fan, and it's not because Allen Robinson's a Bear is why I won it here. That's not ever a good case for, as a fantasy analyst, to say, oh, I like this guy because he's on my team. Kind of like Tom said, he doesn't take guys off the Eagles, being the Eagles fan. Allen Robinson's going off as the wide receiver 14 right now, um, 4.06 in 10-man leagues and 3.12 in 12-man leagues. Saw 154 targets in 2019. That's great. Mr. Trubisky had a terrible year. I mean, terrible offensive line. I know all about it. Uh, Trubisky was terrible. I mean, that's all I can really say. Um, And he still had seven touchdowns, which is good. For an offense that barely moved, he scored seven touchdowns. Um, Brought in Nick Foles. I I still think Trubisky will go and win. I just don't think Nagy really uses Trubisky the way he should. Trubisky has pretty good legs. Needs to be rolling out of the pocket with a poor offensive line. Obviously, when you have a poor offensive line and then a quarterback that's somewhat mobile, making him a pocket passer, of course that's not going to work. I'm, I'm not an NFL coach, but I understand that. Um, 
I think the offense will improve in 2020, whether it's Foles or Trubisky. Um, he's going to see double-digit touchdowns like he did in Jacksonville when he scored, I believe, 14 touchdowns. Um, the Bears have no threats. I do like Anthony Miller. He's another guy that could be in a my guy section. Um, but there's not really any other threats in the receiving game. Cole Komet's tight end, but he's going to be a rookie, and as a rookie tight end, you're not going to make a huge splash. 2020, 100-plus catches again, 150 targets. He's going to have another good year, especially at the wide receiver 14 price tag. Has a good chance. Uh, if you go on uh, Fantasy Pros ADP in half-point, full-point PPR leagues, they have him in their top 10 rankings, but uh, current ADP suggests that he's more closer to the wide receiver 14. I have to say, and I think you're right, Allen Robinson's going to have a good year, no matter who his quarterback is. He's a talented guy. You're going to have to give him the ball. Nick Foles is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I love oh, Thank Bill God he went that way. Not a starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> oh, I understand. You know, uh, USA, Today, USA Today came out with their projections. Had the Bears at 3-13. and I think our defense is top five defense at 3-13. and the defense alone can win three games, so I'll be honest with you. I mean, but, uh, yeah, Trubisky's going to be the starter. Nick Foles, I don't like it. I really don't. I thought it was a waste of fourth-round pick, spend a lot for him. Trubisky's going to prove it. They they want to roll with Trubisky, but they just feel the pressure of fans to say, hey, you need to bring in another guy to push him. He'll learn. But, uh, yeah, Allen Robinson, he's really had the short end of the stick between uh, Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson. Imagine this guy with like Dak or Kyler or Ross, any of those guys. He'd be, he top five. be yeah, he'd be great. So, I mean, I consider him on along the lines of like Kenny Galladay, like status almost, where he's just got that physicality and he's just he's always open for some reason. Like, he just shakes those cornerbacks right off the line. He's got that good first step, uh, and he's a veteran of the league. A guy who's not a veteran of the league, though, who's going to go into his sophomore season, I believe, that Houston probably touched on, is A.J. Brown. Dan, tell me about A.J. Yeah, I have him projected right now about 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns for the season. That should put him right around the cusp of being a high-end wide receiver, two, low-end wide receiver, one. Uh, there's nothing he can't do. He's a big physical guy who can line up inside, line up outside. He's going to be utilized in the red zone. He can stretch the field. And... What I love about him the most is that even where I have him projected at, in theory, could still be too low because you have a guy who is going to be head and shoulders the number one target on his team. We've seen guys who are in those positions just kind of light it up. And while this is not a pass-first team by any stretch of the means, still a team that's going to probably throw the ball at least 485-plus times. Taking that into consideration, I don't see why A.J. Brown is not getting 130, 140 targets, maybe, maybe more. So... That's why I really love A.J. Brown. His floor is great. It's gonna, his ceiling could be even higher, especially if you're going to get the play from Ryan Tannehill that you got towards the end of last season. That's totally fair. I, to, I love it. Uh, but I just really got excited, and then we're just going to move forward real quick because we're going to go to Zach and talk about another guy from Ole Miss who uh, I'm not going to mention anything about Ole Miss, but he's an Ole Miss guy. New button. New button. Uh, you're talking about DK Metcalf. Um, I think you're talking about DK Metcalf. I'm talking about DK Metcalf. I really like DK Metcalf, and in our own uh, Dynasty League, I 
took him third round, I think. Dynasties, I think he's going to be huge. I think this guy's going to be an absolute star at wide receiver for his future. Um, redraft leagues, maybe he's not there quite yet for this year, but uh, big target. I think somewhere along the lines of this offseason, the Seahawks mentioned, don't quote me on this, but I think they said that they were going to use DK Metcalf more, um, try to utilize him more in the offense. Obviously, you've got Russell Wilson chucking you the pill. So, And I think Russell got more comfortable with DK Metcalf towards the end of last season. And I think he set the rookie record for most receiving yards in a postseason game last year, but I I am so high at DK Metcalf. I had him in my top ten. I can't remember where, but uh I think this this guy's gonna be an absolute stud. I mean if you just see him with his shirt off, he is an absolute stud. But yeah, yeah. he's not <laughs> I know you got some stats on this guy. I mean this guy is crazy in the red zone. He's like what, like top five in the red zone for targets or something like that? Yeah, I mean DK Metcalf, he's big guy, big strong physical guy low uh, body fat percentage. He, he's just pure muscle. I think, yeah, a good red zone target. I don't know the uh, complete stats on it. And Dan might agree here. I think as 29 went on, we saw him develop a greater sense of a route tree instead of just running right down the, right down the sideline. I think uh, through the first eight weeks, if you took his route tree and he just ran down the left sideline, that's like, you know, you've seen like the reception and it, it's all over the place. His was just straight. It was, it was crazy, but yeah, I think this offseason he'll work on developing that route tree. He's going to be a big piece for Russell Wilson. Like I said before in our QB rankings, that the Legion of Boom isn't there anymore. Russ is going to have to throw it a little bit more. Running backs are banged up, continue to get banged up and have fumbling issues. Yeah, I think Zach's really on the ball here, DK Metcalf. Just a freak. Just a freak. That's what it, that's what it boils down to. And yeah, Houston, to your point, he wasn't he wasn't running a lot of routes in his first eight games. But this was a guy I I knew it wasn't gonna take long. He runs angry. Whenever you run angry, you're naturally going to get separation, especially when you're a defensive end who's playing wide receiver running angry on top of it. So yeah, I, I've never had any trepidation about that. I love DK Metcalf. I love them pretty pretty much just as much as I love AJ Brown and even Marquise Brown. I I still love that receiving core that came out uh last year in that draft. It's gonna be absolutely phenomenal. I think it's pretty cool that he wears like a baby pacifier. <laughs> I mean, this guy's huge and strong and big muscles, and he's just got the little baby, that little baby pacifier mouthpiece. He, yeah, he had a great uh, postseason game against the Eagles. So, yeah, he's good. Does, does Tom is Tom allowed to talk about Cortland Sutton now, or you're gonna skip over him again? Yikes! I did, didn't I, Tom? So I got, I got excited. I saw Ole Miss. I was like. <laughs> it was a better transition. That's why you did it that way. <laughs> uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, Cortland Sutton, I think you guys know, we've been talking about Denver and how good their offense looks, how good their whole team looks this year. Um, and, I mean, Sutton over the last two years has really just gotten better and better. Uh, I think that you'll get, at this point, I mean, you have other weapons around him. You have Melvin Gordon, you have Philip Lindsay, you have Jerry Judy, you have KJ Hamler, you have Noah Fan. They have people that like you. You can't just put two, three guys on one person and try and stop the Broncos. So he's going to see single coverage in situations, and he's going to beat it. And then when he has double coverage, they're still going to you know get down the field. So I think that he's he's due for a big year. Uh, and then beyond that, you have True Lock, who the what was it five games he started last year looked like a stud. I think that Lock's going to be one of the next you know 
probably great franchise quarterbacks. Um, I think I know you're disagreeing with me, Dan. That's fine. Yeah. I think that Elway finally might have hit on a quarterback, and he wasn't six foot twenty one inches. Uh, you know, I don't know. Elway has a thing for those tall guys. Drew Lockett. <laughs> Yeah. Brock Osweiler, the smartest quarterback in the league. God. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's probably true. That man got paid a lot of money to do absolutely nothing. Uh, look, Cortland Sun, I love. Cortland Sun's a superstar. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any disagreement about that. And when you draft Jerry Judy, when you draft KJ Hamler, when you have Noah Fant, when you have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, you're not going to be able to double them. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to be wide open there. Um, I've talked about this numerous times. Quarterbacks don't get more accurate when they go from college to the NFL. And that's what it boils down to me for Drew Locke. Now, and I've been saying this too, the caveat that I have is Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer has done more with less, especially from the quarterback position. So that's the one check mark that he does have in his favor. That's the one caveat I give for me possibly being wrong on Drew Locke, although I'm not really counting on being wrong on Drew Locke. I'm just going to point, point that out there. But it doesn't matter. Cortland Sutton has dealt with crap quarterbacks and still been able to produce. So as far as Sutton goes, absolutely 100%. It's a big year, I'm telling you. I, I th- Drew Locke. I'm telling you, Dan. I'm telling you. Mm, mm, Drew Locke can play on the field, and he spits bars. I don't know if y'all seen that, though. He spits no, bars. Stop it. Stop it, Chris. Just, just stop it. Houston, <laughs> what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, we haven't addressed this, and this might be a topic for another episode, but uh, the consensus of fantasy analysts, fantasy players – have really uh, downplayed the rookies because of this COVID-19 thing. Um, so Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, any of those rookies they brought in, we it's still up in the air. We never really know what's going to happen between them. Obviously, if the season goes on, they are going to be on the field. Will they have that chemistry first year with Drew Locke? Obviously not. Will it be even worse than what it originally be during like the normal times we've had the last you know multiple years? But everything's different with COVID-19 now. I think Cortland Sutton's going to have a big year because he's going to get single coverage. And I just don't think that uh, I guess anyone can uh, have a uh, response here, but do you think COVID-19 is going to play an impact with the rookies coming into Denver? It has to. I totally agree. Yeah. A hundred percent Houston. Um, that chemistry. I mean, some of us have played football. I played football throughout high school and, you know, growing up here in Texas, chemistry is such a, is such a big thing that people don't realize Uh, that locker room aspect. I mean, the guy that's not even a starter that's on your bench, but he is like the, your tiger spirit guy who just brings up the rest of the team who gets that captain's patch. That's a thing. Um, Being out on the field and doing those reps day in and day out, drinking water out of a hose, uh, you know, that builds a bond. Um, That's why I was so high on Tyrod Taylor earlier because Justin Herbert's not going to get that. So with jokes. his guys. <laughs> so many, I don't know which one to pick. I, there's so many jokes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I like the joke now the hose. <laughs> hey, that's that's Texas football, baby. Friday night lights. Y'all just y'all no, don't no, no, no. I play high school football. We drink out of the hose too. I never call that a bonding experience. I call it more of like just give me my water and get me the hell out of here experience. <laughs> hey, like the SEC yeah. Texas football just means more, Dan. I'm sorry. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. Mm. God. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, you're going to see that impact on, on chemistry with the team. But Jerry Judy is a good enough receiver, I think, that you're, you can't not cover him. K.J. Hamler is fast. He, he's not bad. Um, you know, Penn State's never been known for their receivers. But 
I think Al Robinson <laughs> <laughs> walked right into that. <laughs> Alan Robinson <laughs> too. Can you name any other big ones? I can name you running backs. I can name running backs. I can <laughs> do a lot of other things. That's about the only two big receivers at Penn State, uh, and you know. But I think that in a lot of other drafts, KJ Hamler could have been a first rounder. This draft was that deep that he dropped significantly into that second round. Anybody? Okay, break next. <laughs> we got the tight ends. Tight ends have... Oh wait, wait. Oh, I, oh yeah. Um, Chris, I need you to drink two more Bud Lights. I had an over under for seven for the show. Not me. <laughs> so I just I need two more out of you, and then that way I can win some money here. That's all I was kind of I was so kind of waiting nine. on. That. He, look, he's trying to. Oh, he's got nine. Where's the pyramid at? Can you move the camera to see? Can we see the pyramid that you're building? Is that possible? Yeah. Uh, 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 that's not a pyramid. We need a full pyramid. That's a baseline. That's the. That's. I don't know what that is. I need yep. a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> I just need two more, and I can win the prop me bet. That'd be that would be. Well, fantastic. I thought you said seven. You only build one. There's nine right there. So you already won. Oh, awesome! Now I want a pyramid. That's yeah. just for my own personal pleasure, though. Uh- <laughs> okay. I make that. Ha- I definitely make that happen by the end of the show for sure. Chris, who's your uh, tight end? Okay, <sighs> hold on. Oh, he's got to crack his neck for this one. Yes, is it? Yeah. So not only I got I'm I'm gonna go on a rant right now, real quick, because I've seen so many things about this, and I mean in person at Kyle Field, including the seven overtime game against LSU. It was all over Kyle Field's jumbotron. Okay. Oh look. Yeah. See, even the light went out on you when you're trying to talk about the SEC. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Even the lights like hit the mute button. So everyone knows about the 2018 John Mackey Award winner from Iowa, TJ yeah, Hawkinson. Are we getting a whole bio here? Oh, yeah, we are. We're getting it all. TJ Hawkinson, 46 catches for 717 yards and six touchdowns his senior year, wins him the John Mackey Award being the best tight end in all of college football. Okay? All of college football. At Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Let's run through some numbers for Jay Sternberger, his senior year at Texas A&M in the SEC. The best conference in the league. The hardest conference in the league. The the conference that gets the most NFL players to the NFL. It plays on Sunday nights. So, real quick. 46-7-17-6 were TJ Hawkinson's numbers. Sternberger for Texas A&M who had Kellen Mond throwing him the ball, I mind you. Kellen Mond. No. 38 catches, 832 yards, and 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns. So, so are you saying Jay Sternberger's your guy? Yeah. <laughs> he is not only my guy, he is the SEC 2018 John Mackey Award winner. Mic drop. Tom, talk about Ian Thompson. Thomas. <laughs> who? Who? Who is Ian Thompson? You know, not Ian Thompson. Yeah, keep, keep looking at that wall. You, you, you just yeah. turn all the way around. Start working on the pyramid and call it <laughs> Ian Thomas, though, uh, that's my guy. And it, this is a gut shot. 
I'll say that now. It's I have a feeling about it, right? Um, I mean, the guy is – he's a physical guy. He kind of gets forgotten about. You look at that offense, nobody really talks about him. You know, you have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. Um, with Teddy Bridgewater, who obviously you're quarterback in a new system, um, as far as play time over the last few years, it's been five, six games last year that he played when Drew Brees went out. Other than that, it's it's been a few years. And when he was playing in New Orleans, he did prefer tight ends. About 50% of his passes went to tight ends last year when he was playing. So I can see him building a, a solid bond with uh, Ian Thomas as that guy that he might get forgotten about in coverage. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. I agree. Teddy Bridgewater had those deep passes to Jared Cook, 20 yards plus. I think Jared Cook was like the fifth or sixth tight end overall who had catches over 20 yards. So Ian Thomas does have a good season. I'm sorry. I'm still so hyped up on Jay Sternberg, who's going to be the number one tight end for Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to love him. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I do have so. a remove button on here, just so you know. Just a little <laughs> FYI. Well, hopefully, let's just move on to Zach, though, and talk about Austin Hooper down at Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Hooper goes from Atlanta to Cleveland. It's, I mean, it's a little crowded in Cleveland, I mean, as far as weapons go. You got Kareem Hunt, you got David Joku, you got Jarvis Landry, you got OBJ, and now you got Austin Hooper. The silver lining is that Kevin Stefanski loves to run multiple tight ends, and Austin Hooper is the best one that they have. So it it stands to reason that he doesn't make our consensus top 10 for the reasons I previously mentioned was that it's, there's just a ton of weapons in Cleveland, but I think he could be a sneaky good pick if Baker utilizes Cooper as much as I think that he will in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Well, he's going to be Kyle Rudolph in that offense. So, and, and Kyle Rudolph wasn't operating a ton between you know the 20s as far as receiving goes. He was out there on the field, obviously blocking. That's what Austin Hooper's going to do. But he was very heavily involved in the red zone. I, yeah, I mean, they paid him, what, his contract, what, $10 million a year? They're, they're going to use him. Uh, that plain and, plain and simple. So, yeah, Austin Hooper cracking that top 10, I don't think that's a stretch in any kind of way. He fits perfectly with that offense, especially play action, especially red zone. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Zach. I, I think Hooper is somebody who people are really down on because it's not the same situation he had in Atlanta, but really are too far down on him at the end of the year. And to add on to that, Zach, on my own take on that, uh, I think Baker Mayfield's going to be a top 10 quarterback, I believe. And it just really depends on who he right. utilizes in that offense. Don't. If you say SEC, I'll kill you. 
I'll reach to the screen. I swear to God. <laughs> so he's got two extremely good wide receivers from a team that's got, you know, a couple national championships, and they play in the hardest, co- the hardest conference. Uh, they got that bond between them, and they played together too. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. They're both out of rehab. You know, those guys are really good. But then I've been taking a lot of heat uh, recently about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, Kevin Stefanski's offense, he does run a lot of two tight end sets, does lo- does run a lot of running backs. Um, it Like I like I just said earlier, it's just going to really depend on who Baker Mayfield utilizes um, to be one of the top guys in fantasy. Uh, and it could be any of them, you know, on a Wheel of Fortune wheel. Um, Houston, let's talk about that. Let's move on to my father-in-law's team. America's team, really, the Dallas Cowboys, who everyone's predicting is going to be there a year. I think they're going to go eight and eight, just like CD Lamb's number. Uh, let's year. talk about that, your guy, Blake Jarwin. Yeah. So uh, what Dan touched on earlier about the quarterback and tight end, you either get a top guy or you wait. And I, I think uh, very successful fantasy players like Dan and I understand that concept there. That's kind of how I've always done it. I mean, late tight end. I never. I I love Kelsey. I made a trade. I traded Mike Evans for Kelsey straight up last year in one of my big leagues, and it's awesome having Kelsey. I mean, consistency. But I don't want to spend the second round price tag. A uh, big guy last year for me was Mark Andrews. So there is guys at the back end of drafts that, if you find the right one, they are going to do well. Um, Blake Jarwin currently going as tight end nineteen. Uh, in the 14th round in 10-man leagues, 12th round in 12-man leagues. That's a little too high for 12-man leagues. He's probably about 14 round there as well. Um, Cowboys added CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, it's a threat. I understand. He's ultra-talented wide receiver. But uh, last year, Jason Witten, well, I don't know how old he is, 51. I'm just kidding. But, uh, he saw 83, 83 targets, four scores. Jarwin saw 41 targets, three scores. Between the two, over 120 targets and seven scores. I mean, Dak Prescott did target the tight end, and he was a top five fantasy quarterback, and I expect the same in 2020. Um, You put their two lines together in half-point PPR scoring, they're going to finish as the tight end three. I know that's kind of a bad argument. If you were to take Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst, put them together. If you were to take Waller and Foster Moreau and put them together. Obviously, I mean, it's not the greatest stat, but I I think – the reason why I use that stat is because it's not like Prescott's not going to target the tight end. I think uh, at the tight end 19, he's going to finish above that. He has a good chance to finish as a tight end 10. I'm not saying he's going to finish in the top five. I'm not. But I'm saying at the back end of your drafts, he's going to be a good week-to-week stream option. Or or he's going to be pretty consistent. He's going to get targeted in the um, red zone because when you have CeeDee Lamb, Amari, Gallup, and Zeke, that's where the defenses are going to pay their attention. Jarwin's going to just be left wide open in the middle. I see six-plus scores for him. He might not garner the 120 targets I talk about, but I see him as a 70-target guy, especially in the back end of your drafts. It's a good value for me. Dan, you look like you had something to say. Uh, I mean, I just just to touch on it, I, I'm – not the biggest fan of Jarwin, but to your point, Houston, because the offense is going to put up a lot of points. I mean, I've talked about this on the, on this show quite a bit that I think they're going to average between 30 and 35 points. It's not always going to go to those receivers. Now, 
Here's what I will say. Amari Cooper, I expect him to line up in the slot quite a bit and kind of operate in that area of the field because I expect it to be Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb on the perimeter and use Amari Cooper as that mismatch in the middle. Um, that would really be ultimately my only concern because to your point, there's going to be a set amount of targets that's going to go to the tight end position. If Jarwin's going to be that lone tight end this year, which it does look like very well could be, he might fall ass backwards into a top 10 performance, top 12 performance going into the season. So I like that pick a lot, especially as a sleeper, especially the guys who you're going to be able to take in the 15th, 16th round. No one's going to really be looking for Blake Jarwin as their guy uh, heading into the season, unless they're listening to the show and, and then I'll be screwed. But I do like Jarwin a lot. Uh, I'm in line with you with there, Houston. Keep it rolling, Dan. Let's talk about the uh, new guy in Pittsburgh. New guy in Pittsburgh, Eric Ebron. I felt felt dirty putting this one in. I did because he's just somebody who consistently comes up in these kind of conversations when you're talking about the sleeper tight ends, but for good reason. He does it all. We know what he can do. We know the factor that he is in the passing game. We know the factor that he is in the red zone. And with the big caveat, just like everybody else, it's can you stay healthy during that time frame. Uh, but... Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw the ball to the tight end, and he hasn't had a great one since Heath Miller. Uh, so when you add that all in, you add the fact that they've, you know, you have, I think there was like three different beat writers that came out and also the same thing that Eric Ebron expects to be the starting tight end over Vance McDonald heading into this season. When you chalk that all up, I see a guy who's going to get eight, eight touchdowns, possibly 10. And then when you factor in that you have, no real red zone threat at the wide receiver position. I mean, Juju's not a shrimp, but he's not that guy you're going to be throwing those corner posts to. Uh, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, they're okay, but also not somebody you're going to be featured in the red zone either. To me, Eric Ebron winds up being their best red zone threat as far as a receiver goes. I like him a lot. I would put him in the same territory as Jarwin as far as where they're probably going to get drafted in redraft leagues, somewhere between that 13th and 16th round. You're going to be able to take them late. They're going to have similar upside. They're going to have top 12 upside. So I, I that's why I have Ebron as my guy here. I love it because even in Indianapolis when he was there, Jack agent Jack Doyle was the number one guy, I guess, if you could call him 1A, 1B with Eric Ebron. Uh, oh, did I, did I phase out? No, you're good. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't figure I would. Uh, but with the whole Vance McDonald thing, I mean, that dude is hard-nosed. They love him there. He's a Pittsburgh guy, through and through steel curtain guy. Um, I feel like Ebron is still, like you were mentioning, is going to get the red zone looks. Old boy can throw the ball to himself if he wanted to. Uh, he's just going to get featured, and he's going to get that high-volume touchdowns, kind of like I guess we we're talking about Gronk in our top ten. Um, I just totally agree with that. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Why don't you close it down, buddy? All right. For the first time, I get to close it down. Uh, well, let me not close it down just yet. Uh, Dan Houston, let everyone know who's watching and supporting us, what we're working on behind the scenes that's going to benefit them at the start of the football season. Yeah, so uh, like we say every week, here we go again. Um, we're gonna have a we're working on a 2020 uh, draft guide for you guys for your redraft leagues, of course. Um, gonna have lots of content in it. Like Dan said during the show, he's working on his projections. You're gonna get all that um, team outlooks. Uh, you're gonna get our sleepers, our bust, kind of like tonight. We gave a little bit of our sleepers, our breakout candidates. You're gonna get all that in that uh, thing. We're gonna offer for 
IDP leagues. We had a question last week. What is an IDP league? That's when you're, I think it stands for individual defensive player. Um, that's when you, you might have Darius Leonard or Khalil Mack or um, Jalen Ramsey. We're going to cover that for you. We have a good guy here that works belly of fantasy sports with us. That does really well with the IDP stuff. It's kind of a league that's going to continue to grow and we're here to offer you that. We're going to, that's about it. Just a lot of content. Be on the lookout for that. We're going to start ramping up our production of that this week. So just be on the lookout. I know Dan has a specific date when it'll launch. So, yeah, I mean, we're looking for August 1st as our launch date. Uh, that'll be, and we're going to have it on two separate things. So we're going to have, we're going to have one available to you guys that you're going to be able to take as a PDF and download it right to your computer. And, and that way you'll have it for yourself and be able to do with whatever you want. The problem with that will be is that that one's not going to be updated as much. For a couple extra bucks, we're going to have another option available to you where you're going to be able to sign into the Billy Up Fantasy account. And then you will be able to get all the update information as training camp happens. As we move forward, then we will uh, be able to keep you updated because we'll have new projections, new stats. We'll have new articles for these guys. So we'll be able to keep you updated throughout with the draft guys. So we have both of those, but we are looking for August 1st uh, being the launch date. Dan, Tom, Houston, Zach, guys, it's been awesome tonight. Uh, thanks for the insight and analysis on all the guys that we were talking about. Uh, can't wait to do it again next week. Uh, for everyone that's viewing at home, though, you can always follow Belly Up Sports for our own take on what's going on in the current sports world. Uh, follow Belly Up Football for current NFL coverage of who's getting signed, who's getting released, uh, even the Jay Cutler stuff. And follow Belly Up Fantasy for all of us who are giving you our takes on the fantasy landscape that's ever-changing. Um, but I want to give all y'all guys a spot. Tell everyone at home where they can follow y'all and find your own stuff. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Belly Up Houston. That's always a good place. Um, trying to be a little bit more interactive on Twitter with polls between the Belly Up Fantasy page and myself. Just be on the lookout. We'd love your interaction. We're going to have polls every, that may require you giving us your take, and we'd love to go back and forth with it. You can find me at it's Zach Mack on Twitter, also host of at Puck Puck Pass Pod. We just, uh, with the whole COVID thing, if you guys, just going to let you all know that we changed it to a multi-sports pod. So it's going to be just when hockey's not in season, we're going to be talking about other sports. So if you guys like, uh, obviously, like football, if you're here, but baseball, uh, basketball, stuff like that, uh, we're going to cover your headlines. So go over there and check that out. Uh, you can follow me at BellyUpTom on Twitter. Uh, obviously, I think I make some interesting takes here. I know Dan disagrees with my Ian Thomas one, so go ahead and read me there. I'll, we can have a great discussion about it. I can't wait to see what people think of that. Yeah, always going after Tom's always a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, for me, you can always check me out at MDSFF Show on Twitter, at MDFF Show on Facebook. Of course, the MDS Fantasy Football Show available to you wherever your podcast app goes. And uh, just going to drop a hint. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but next week, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is going to have a pretty big announcement, especially in correlation with Belly Up. So we'll be guys be on the lookout for that. I cannot wait for that. Uh, everyone can follow me on my personal Twitter account. It's at AggieCapaSig, A-E-K-D-B for all y'all following me. Thanks for the support. Uh, I want to drop a shout out to a, a couple guys that are in our back pocket uh, that will help us out throughout the season. Uh, I want to have a special thanks to Alex Aguilar, Jonathan Young, 
Bryce Fluhop and Brian Hanley. Uh, all y'all at home will find out about these guys later on. Uh, but thank you for following us and supporting us. I'm Chris Pinto. That was Belly Up Fantasy Live. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.